0: Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know.
1: Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Zacchaeus Shaw.
2: How you doing, Zacchaeus? I'm doing good, brother. Hey, you know, excited again. I feel like it's been a while since we recorded the whole week. I know (laughs) since we haven't been doing multiple recordings in a week, it feels kind of weird not having them back to back like that, but excited because we got a special guest today that I've been wanting to meet with for a while, actually. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad we got him here. I know he has a good story to tell, but I think there's going to be a lot of good information that people will be able to take away from this how have you been i've been great man today uh i know this podcast
1: won't air for you know a few few weeks from now so when people do hear this today i'm like very appreciative of life you know there's there's times where social media things that just kind of influence you to really look back on like where you're at and just how you can breathe i mean you're waking up and that's that's the glory of everything that's the blessings that you yeah. have you know because um, as you know on the social media platforms we've been seeing uh, the vessel that went missing with five lives inside there and I've seen a lot of jokes about it and obviously the your time on earth is not a joke and so it really it kind of hits and like I was I was just scrolling through watching and watching and reading and it kind of consumed me a little bit and I'm just right. like man you got to count your blessings you know you got to be because I guarantee you, they left someone at home that was not ready for them to
2: leave, you know. So,
1: but other than that, uh very exciting. Like you said, we have a special guest today. Yeah, and uh let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Well,
2: I'd love to introduce him today. We have the special DJ Bobby Peacock. <laughs> yes, welcome so, to the podcast. Welcome, man. welcome.
0: Yeah. Thank you all so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Honor to be here. So, yeah, absolutely.
2: Thank you, thank you for coming on, man. I. Like we were talking before this, I feel like I've known you from afar for years really. Yeah, for sure. Which is crazy. But when you grow up in a town like Sioux Falls, especially when you're from here, mm-hmm. you tend to just know a ton of people, right? Oh yeah. And you may like you said, you're you're one person away from <laughs> yeah, knowing <one> degree, man. <laughs> the next person. So thank you for coming on the podcast today. You know, I, I really want to jump into things, right? So there's a few things that we're gonna be talking about today. Typically, we start out kind of hearing where people are from, kind of how they grew up and what led them to where we are today. So can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So I was born in Columbus, Ohio to a single
0: mom. Um, She already had four kids before me. And so she gave uh, one up for adoption or placed one for adoption. And then she found out that she had me. And so she told my dad, like, last thing she told my dad was that she was going to have an abortion. And so um, then she chose life and then placed me up for adoption. And then was adopted by a single mom here in South Dakota, okay. um, who was very abusive, um, neglect, and house was always a mess, and just just a whole bunch of you know negative things that were going on. So state came into play. Make a long story short, ten different foster homes, three yeah. different children facilities, and then two failed adoptions, and so that was kind of like my upbringing, and then. Yeah, I went to college for 1 year. I tell people <laughs> I'm a I'm a three-time college dropout champion.
2: Okay, <laughs> so let's go. I dropped out <laughs> of college
0: 3 times. <laughs> you know, uh, I got my dream job when I was uh 21, no, 20, um at a local church here in Sioux Falls, Celebrate Church, amazing church. Um and then um yeah, I got married. Um through some things that happened and got married three years later, divorced. Oh. Um, and then I uh, have a beautiful son who's five now. Uh, yeah. He's my pride, my joy, my everything. And so at age 27, it's like I kind of started over. So I've been yeah. <laughs> three years into that starting over process. So, yeah, yeah so that's kind of like, long story short, that's like my story
1: up until now.
0: Right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely.
1: I kind of want to know more, you know, because I went through the the adoption um, system. I went through multiple different homes as well. Uh, Where has that really kind of shaped and formed you as a person today?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always like for me, there's positives and negatives. Like Mm -hmm. so like the negatives is just like, you know, you're always searching for love. You know, you're always searching for You know, the family, like I didn't know my biological mom until I didn't meet her till I was 23. Mm -hmm. Didn't meet my biological father until I was 27. And so it's always like you're always searching for something. You're always searching for more. So that's kind of negative. But as far as the positive, it's like I'm like I've been told this numerous times, like I'm, I'm super extroverted. Mm-hmm. And so like I w- people say like Bobby you're like a, chame- a chameleon like yeah. that's the animal yeah yep. yeah yep. Yep. or you can fit into like any space like man I can go go out to the bars and hang out with bar people or like I can hang out with like racist people and be okay you know yeah right yeah um, and so any circle but that's kind of like for me like that's. um like the positives of it, but like going through that turmoil and that strife has made me a stronger person. And honestly, like my relationship with the Lord, um, even from a young age, had a huge part in that of like laying that foundation um, for me. And I always tell people I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. So Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for him having his hand on my life, I I just wouldn't be here. So
2: absolutely. Can you think back to a moment where... You knew and you're like, yeah, God's real.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I th- there's been multiple moments, like especially like when I was younger, like my sister from India was the first to be adopted. Then my half sister and then and then me. And we would always like we grew up Catholic, so we'd like play church and stuff like that. And at night we would get locked in our bedroom. You know, and um, it was one of those things where we would be kind of like crying out to God and like, why, why? Because it seemed like we knew God from a young age. And I remember when I was in fifth grade, um, I had my second chance to get to get adopted. And I remember going outside, and I was like, God, like, what do you want me to do with with the rest of my life? It was like as clear as day. As like me talking to you, He's like, Hey. I want you to be a ministry. And I'm like, so I ran back inside. I'm like, hey, I just got word from God. He told me to be a priest, but that's not what he said, though. <laughs> you know. Wow. And so that's kind of like those moments I realized that, like, wow, God is real. Like, God right. is for me. Um, and he's been watching out, even though I went through all of this bad stuff. But now mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to go out. And speak about my childhood traumas, and go to speak at like children's home society or other places, school assemblies, and, and talk through some of those things in youth groups as well. So. Right,
1: absolutely. As we started here, I was talking about social media and just how I kind of scroll through a lot of it. It's actually me searching for. I'm I'm a man that loves words and sayings yeah. and whatnot, and I had come across one the other day, and they it had said, you know, when God is putting you through your test. You know, he seems to you, he's, he seems, he's quiet at that time, you know, where people are continuously calling out and they're like, why does this happen to me? Or, you know, where are you? Show me, show me a sign. And then on the other end of it, it said, during a test, a teacher is always quiet. Mm. You know, when you look back Mm. into school, the teacher's always quiet during the test, you know, and that really, really resonated with me. And like hearing you, you know, say that where you finally had that, this is what you should do. And it kind of, and it sounds like, I mean, it kind of led you to the path where you're at today.
2: I was in fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah, In fifth grade. Yeah. 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 Which is huge. Like that's crazy. Yeah. I think that when people are going through it the worst and they don't have maybe a support system or a foundation to fall back on, they have to fall back on something. Right. And oftentimes it, turns out to be God or whatever you believe in. Mm -hmm. But do you feel like at some point, like you fought it or you didn't really believe that, there Was a god at one point?
0: I would say I've like had, like, um, like you guys know the story of like the prodigal son. Have mm-hmm. you guys ever heard of that? I don't actually. So, where it's like, um, uh, it's a parable in the Bible where it talks about how father had an amazing home. Now, this is a BLP version, the Bobby Lloyd Peacock version. Hey, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but it talks about how father had this amazing home. You know, he had two sons and he was rich, and one of the sons came and said, Hey, you know what? like I want my inheritance. And so that's basically saying, "Hey, hey pops, I wish you were dead at that time." And so the father's like, "Okay, here it is." He went out to the world and he just spoiled it, ended up, you know, getting a like famine hit and stuff like that. Right. And uh ended up like getting a job working with like pigs and, you know, eating with the pigs and all this other stuff. And then he's like, "Man, the servants at my father father's house Ate better than what I'm doing right now, so he came back to the father, and he, and he was like, "Hey, basically, he's walking to the father, and then the father sees him off in the distance, and he starts running. And back in the back in the day, like um, when this parable was said, that like running was like men didn't do that, and so and the father embraced the son, and mm-hmm. then said, "Hey, let's give him a ring, like my son is back." And so, right. so I would say I had a prodigal moment, um, and a lot of it. The sad part of of it is like when I was married mm-hmm. um one I wasn't prepared to be married um I wasn't best husband um and I married into kids so and sure. I wasn't the best father either and so I felt like for three years I was wearing a mask and there's some stuff that I did within marriage that was like one not even biblical but then to like um it just wasn't right and so right. and so i felt like that was and i was still like rocking stages and like praising the lord but i was just like man like god like what the heck like right. I, this is where i am now and stuff and so and then we mutually you know parted ways and yeah. went through a season of like you know getting back into community and yeah so i feel like there's been multiple times where like i'm just like god like where you at like I, right but he's always been there Mm -hmm. and like i would always i would i tell people is like we use the term calling within the within the christian world and there's some people who have a calling on their life like hey you're called to do this but then there are some people who have an anointing on their life and i believe that there's a difference between having a calling and anointing you know from looking back and i'm not saying this like cocky or anything but like right. looking back to where god has taken me from i believe that he has an anointing on my life wow. and sometimes i try to run from it um like i've I've had seasons of like trying to run from it and guys just so like or, like, being in a car, like, you know, that song, Carrie Underwood, or whatever her name is, like, Jesus Take the Wheel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sometimes I'm in the driver's lane, and <laughs> and I'm taking the wheel, and Jesus is just sitting there. It's like, bro, you're going to crash, man. There's an ambulance right behind you. Like, you're going to crash. <laughs> and right. and then, like, when I do it, like, Jesus is like, hey, man, like, let's get in this other car. Let me drive for a little bit. Right. You know? So that's how I feel.
2: That is crazy. And it allows you to fall back on it, too, and rely on something. Mm-hmm. I want to go... In kind of a different direction, you know, sure. you got the dad gang hat on. Just yeah. Shout out to all the fathers out there. Yeah, come on. We if just had know, Father's you know. Day this last weekend. So, yeah. But with you growing up and not really having a father,
1: mm-hmm.
2: what has been the hardest thing about being a father when you didn't have one?
0: I think the hardest thing for me is so my son, um, we call him Bo for short, but his name is Bobby Lloyd Peacock Jr., Okay. And so I named him that because um, it stands for generational change. So, like, my real name, my legal name is Robert, and I hate when people call me that because it's kind of like a trigger for me because, like, any time sure. I got in trouble like or abused and stuff, it would be like, Robert Lloyd Peacock, you know, get your butt in here and then you don't right. get abused kind of thing. So oh, always told myself, ever if my firstborn or if I ever, ever had a son, like he would be Bobby Lloyd Jr. standing for generational change change and stuff yeah. like that. And so I think like for me the hardest thing is the reality is like when you have kids they're meant to be in a home that has a mother and father, mm. a two-parent household. Right. The reality for my son is it's not that way. Right. You know, I fought for 50/50, so joint custody. And so I only get him 50% of the time. Right. So I'm only allowed to parent to him 50% of the time, and I think that's the hardest thing from For me is that I can't be there for him 100% of the time. I can be there in prayer for him 100% of the time, but like only 50% of the time. So that's the hardest thing.
2: Yeah. How have you been able to... Like when you do have the time together, there's a lot of people that can relate to that. Yeah, for sure. And I know there's been people even on this podcast that I've had conversations in private. And that's been something that really bothered them as well. Yeah, for sure. So for you... And knowing the situation that it is, how do you maximize that time with with your son to make sure that you are spending the best amount of time?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, for me, like, is when I have them, like, I try to stay off my phone. Yeah. Like, our phones are our biggest distractions. And so, like, for example, yesterday I had them. And I'm like, like, this week's a busy week, so I don't have them as much this week. And so... I'm like, you know what, we're gonna have a fun day. Like, I'm gonna pick him up from daycare and we're gonna go to his favorite spot, which is Pizza Ramps, which I can't can't stand pizza ramps. <laughs> especially when you're trying to eat healthy, bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I usually don't eat. I just like I know it's his favorite spot. And yeah. so and then our thing is like we we love arcades. Okay. And so we, oh, yeah. we play we play at arcades. Um <laughs> and so we hit up the pizza ranch arcade. <laughs> and but for me it's just that like that time with him. Like, no one competes with that time. Like, when I have him, that's me and him. Like, it's like turning off my phone or putting my phone on do not disturb. Like, basically tuning out the world so that my son knows that, like, hey, this is me and you time. Am I the best at it? Not all the time, but I know, like, from, you know, from the time that I pick him up, which is between, like, 5.30 and 6, till he goes to bed, which is 8.30. So, that's, what, like, two, two and a half hours? Yeah. Like, that That needs to be his time. Right. And so, that, like, and because I want him to grow up thinking, like, man, my dad, like, for two and a half hours a day, he invested the most time in me. Right. And... So, yeah, like I said, there's some days, like, I'm not, like, work happens and stuff like that. Mm. And and I'm like, hey, son, like, I'm going to give you 20 minutes of just me and you time where we're just focused and then move to to work stuff. Because, like, sometimes for kids, it's not about, like, the quantity, but it's about the quality of the time. For Mm -hmm. sure. So.
2: Yeah, especially with him getting a little older, too. I'm sure it's a little different now that he's. You' talk about to be in, in school,
0: and, yeah. About to be, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Kindergarten, man. It's like, and I hear that like this is a time where like. Things really start to speed up in life once your kid hits kindergarten. Um, There's a quote by Jordan Peterson or Patterson, I remember. And he talks about like you only have your kid from zero to to, to five once. And -hmm. those are some of the most like pivotal moments in a kid's life because that's when they learn how to walk, how to talk. And they're taking these big leaps and stuff. And so you only get that season once. Right. And I'm coming out of that season that's crazy. where now, like my son is starting to have his own personality, and, and he's starting to be himself. And sometimes he's more like mom, sometimes he's <laughs> more like
1: me, and it's like right. it's
0: great. So
1: that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. We talk about multiple things on this podcast, and one is generational wealth. Yeah, you know, and it's great that you know your both your guys' names mean generational change because that's where it starts. You have to change like the generation because the reason I say that is is because. There's a few of us, like me and you, yeah. we don't know the full roots of our immediate family and whatnot. Yeah. And so it's us to lay that it's on us to lay that foundation to really teach our kids how to grow and whatnot. Now I don't have a kid yet, um, but I've seen uh, many of my friends' father and, yeah. and mother and whatnot, so I, I'm super excited for that day to come for me yeah. um, as well. But what I'm going in with this here is the on the generational wealth aspect of it you have your own business yep. right and what is that called
0: yep so it's peacock entertainment
1: but not only do you have that, yeah. you also have multiple other things that you do as well. Can you let our <laughs> viewers know that as well? Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's honestly <laughs> hey, too much. Hey, stop being humble, man. <laughs> right. Let, let them know. It's too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I work for a nonprofit organization called Collision, which is a student-led ministry that builds teams of students who see the school as a mission field. And then we equip them to share the hope of Jesus to transform lives. So I just have to make a quick shout out. My communications director would be um happy with me cuz that's like our one liner so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but anyways <laughs> so that's how we how how we explain what we do so mm-hmm. i do that full-time and then I do my business part-time which is Peacock Entertainment which is like video production um DJ services that's the main two and then it's also photography and then overall like creative services as well so like I've helped people set up podcasts or come in and like fix lighting and stuff like that and so and then I co-founded a nonprofit um, called Hazard Fil- Film Project, which mm-hmm. we basically tackle difficult conversations surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just started a new a new role as a marketing director um, at my homie's uh, sneaker shop called Preaches. Shout and out so, to Preaches, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Preaches, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of like what I'm doing and all of that, like, Honestly like my number one role in my life is fatherhood. Yep. And then everything else is secondary to that. So like right. my full-time job comes second because that's what pays the bill and then everything else, you know,
1: falls comes in place. You know yeah. what they say? They say your full-time job pays the bills. Yep. But that, you know, that 8 to 5 pays the bills, but that 6 to 10 builds an empire. So yeah. Yeah. you're kind of doing you're doing both there, which is mm-hmm. it, which is great and falls along um along the lines of that generational wealth. Now with that being said, what made you really get into these uh, and everything that you're doing? Like, yeah, you're wearing many hats. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I think uh, for me, I've always been a creative. Mm-hmm. Like, I love I love creating. Um, I remember when I was a junior in high school, I was um, we had a class about filming in videography. Mm. And uh, my foster mom, um, she was like, hey, I can see you doing this the rest of your life. And I was like, yeah, okay. Because I was going to go to college to be like a, uh, I was going to triple triple major, which was like a pastor, youth pastor in the music ministry because I do music mm. as well. Yeah. And... Like basically God had a hand on that. I walked into church one day and um, pastor was like, what would it take for you to stay here? And I just found out like that the week before that I couldn't financially afford college, like wow. full time. So I was like, funny you should ask. And so, yeah, so basically it's a lot of it is like surrounding video mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and like the creative stuff. And so I've been doing that for like 12 years now. So, okay. wow. yeah, so it's kind of just like. Okay, start my own business, you know, and um, because when like when I left the church, or when I yeah left my job at the church, because I still go to the church there at Mm -hmm. celebrate. I was like, all right, what now, kind of thing, and so I had the opportunity to start my own business and started doing that. Started out small. Heck yeah, yeah. Yeah, So
1: that's very nice. Very nice.
2: You know, as you started that business, or as you really got into video, we talked again. We talked a little bit about it how right now you see a lot of people getting into doing video whether that's shorts and reels or short form or long form you know we're new to this we only started six months ago yeah really Mm -hmm. as you started your process and starting your business what were kind of some of the struggles that you ran into getting that up and running and then again at the same time advertising yourself to people so they would use you for your services
0: i think like for me like the struggles were like one like what am i doing yeah (laughs) like okay here we go because it was kind of like i was working at guitar center and then people started asking me to do video production for them Mm. and or like to dj their weddings and and i was like okay yeah let's do it and so (laughs) my ex-wife i mean she was amazing because she put she did all the backend stuff. So like the, the LLC and the, all the stuff to start a business yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, she did all of that. So I just, all I had to do is worry about getting the bread, you know, bringing mm-hmm. in the, right. bringing in the bread. And so, um, but yeah, like trying to advertise and, and do that. And it's, you know, you start off with like, man, you know, like video for me back then it was like, man, 250 to 500 bucks. And then, I got a mentor by the name of Jeff Pickett. Um, okay. And he's a co-founder of uh, Forefront Media. and Are they uh, here in Sioux Falls? Yeah, they're here in Sioux Falls. Yeah. Okay. And so he kind of took me under his wing um, for the next, like, two, three years or something like that. And just really, like, he brought me alongside him. He taught me the ropes. And, um, and then, like, for me, I'm a nerd when it comes to camera gear. So <laughs> I was all like, hey, look at this. Look at that. Look at that. And, like, he was all about, like, Like, that wealth of, like, hey, you know what? Like, instead of you getting this, why don't you put that money aside? Start paying off some of your bills. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would always go to him. And, and like, he really mentored me when it came to the business world. So now I'm at the point, like, I don't go out the door for less than, like, three to five grand per video. Oh, that's awesome. And so – and part of that is, like, because, like, I want to – like, my time is valuable. Absolutely. And so, like, I want to work on the projects that, like, hey – like work less, pay get paid more, but part of that comes with the experience that I brought, like ten years plus of or twelve years plus of experience, Right. you know. So you're not just hiring some some random dude off the off the street. That off just the started, street, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. yeah.
2: That makes sense. Do you have people that kind of uh, scoff at the price? <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. So I'm gonna make this public, man, because <laughs> I, conver- I have this conversation I have this conversation a lot of time, like, in private with people. Um, so as I said, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, right? Majority of the, the video content that I create is working with, like, nonprofits and, um, and churches. Sure. This one thing that Christians are the worst at (laughs) (laughs) is paying people, man. It's horrible. It's like, and like, it's one of those things where like for me, like I tell my friends, like for example, like at Preaches, like I love, when they started that business, I was like, I have been there for day one, man. I've dropped, you know, money that I did budget on pairs of shoes, right. you know, yep, yep. because I want to support my homies. But there's a lot of believers or a lot of Christians out there that are like, yo, like, hey, why don't you do this for Jesus? Like, give us a discount, mm. you know, and for me, I got taken advantage of early on right? where mm. I would be taking these gigs. And I remember there was one dude um, who ran a nonprofit. profit Dealing with like uh, preschool education, he's like, "Hey, I want to pay you what you're worth. I don't want a discount. I want to pay you what you're worth." Mm. And then I had um, people um, pointing to me and saying, "Hey, you need to stop giving out these like like thirty to fifty percent off discounts." And so now I'm at the point where it's like people scoff, and I'm like all right, whatever. Like I, there was a nonprofit that called me. I'm not going to name it. And they're, they're like, Hey, we want this video. And I told them the price. And they're like, yeah, we were thinking like maybe if that was multiple videos and, and I was just like, that's, that's where I'm at. Right. Like, because I know if I go down, then that means I'm going to go down the next time and the next time. And then it's going to start that cycle all over mm-hmm. again. So it's, it's knowing my worth. Yeah. Cause it's not just about the financial thing. It's about knowing the worth. And wh- right. what I tell people is that at the end of the day, like even Jesus had a money man, like his name was mm-hmm. Judas. He betrayed him, but Jesus did have a money man. Jesus ministry wasn't financially free, you know, to be traveling and feeding the 12, um, and sending other people out as well. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's just like by someone financially paying me, what they're doing is um, investing in the generational wealth for like my son, for mm-hmm. his grandkids, for me paying off bills. You know what right. I mean? That's kind of like my th- thought process on this. Yeah. Sorry, I went on for a minute. No, no, that's
1: <laughs> a good perspective. I mean, really, on because you do have to know your your worth and anything mm-hmm. that you're doing. Um, I mean, we see it in sales all the time. There's a lot of people who sell themselves short. Yep. You know, they sure. they forget that, like one, time, like you said, time is valuable. Yep. That's one thing in life that you can't get back. That's so right. when and I tell my customers in sales, I'm like, listen, when I'm with you, I'm fully with you. This is me and you right now. I'm listening and I'm trying to figure out your the answers to your needs or anything like that, but. You also have to understand that my time is just as valuable. I'm not just another guy in this business. I'm here for you. So I need you to be here and present for me as well to help you. So that's great.
2: That's something that I struggled with and not in the sense of like giving things half off or anything like that, but not always knowing your worth, especially when you're getting new into uh, starting a business or whatever it is. Um, It's hard to have that confidence all the time that, you know, you're that guy. Yeah, right I mean, so yeah. for you having mentors and having people that really had your back at the end of the day and were looking out for you kind of pushing you and pointing you in the right direction and they knew your worth yeah right
0: well not only did they know my worth but they knew my potential as well mm. like they knew that like okay hey like like he's worth this but one day he can get here or one right. day he can surpass me um like investing in the next generation like you want them to surpass you. Like I want my son to be set up, set up for success. I want him to surpass anything that I've done in my
1: life.
2: Right. Each one, teach one, Yeah.
1: just because you do multiple different things. If someone came to you and they said, Hey, listen, you got to choose one of these things that you're doing. And this is going to set not only you up financially for the rest of your life, but also your son and, and his kids and whatnot. uh, What would you choose? Stay at home dad. <laughs> Stay, at home, dad. Yeah. Like Stay at home dad. I like that's that. Stay at home dad. That's the best thing. <laughs> that's a job. Yeah, <laughs> dude. yeah, that's a hard job. I like that. Okay, I
2: like that. Uh, but that's a good answer. But dude. like,
0: <laughs> that would be realistically, that would be like, that would be the goal. Like yeah. for me, like I'm looking at the next five years, and I'm gonna grind the next five years, mm-hmm. um before my son is in middle school. Mm-hmm. Like that's my goal, so that. When I'm 35 or when I'm 40, like the goal is like the 10 year kind of five to 10 year plan is to work even less so that I can be at every game that I can be at, you know, every event that he's doing. Um, So when I have him, like, it's just, hey, what do you want to do? Cool. You want to travel? Let's let's do that. Let's, you know, create these experiences that. I never had as kid as a kid growing, right. up. but yeah, that would be that would be the goal. But like anything with video, like for me, um, I love being like a um, uh, director of photography, mm-hmm. and so that's the people who are in charge of like what uh, a film looks like, um, like color mm-hmm. and everything um, right. regarding the camera. Mm-hmm. And so that's my goal is like you know, one day to shoot a feature film and stuff like that, and be more right. creative in that way. So. Um mm-hmm. so if I can't be a stay at home dad, like doing like owning my v- business, shooting films um yeah. would be the dream. Or I don't know, there's so much. I can't pick one man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, something it's creative. Creative. creative something yeah. creative, you know? Yep. Stay at home dad
1: and then something creative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, gotta
0: be a pair. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do have to ask as well, you know starting a nonprofit, there, that was something that we actually looked into as well. And actually, I came to you yep. for advice on that. It's not for the faint of heart. You know, from what I hear, it's it's very tough. I yeah. had I'd spoken with one of my friend's friends, acquaintances out in North Dakota, and he does a nonprofit as well. And it just sounds very tough. What made you really choose that direction? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So my friend Daniel Bergeson, which he is like My best friend. Uh, He came to me in 2019 and had this idea for a short film um, surrounding uh, a black family traveling and what that may look like. Um, And I read the script and fell in love with it. And I was like, hey, we need to do more. We need to do more with having this conversation and obviously 2020 hit with like COVID yeah, and then the, you know, the racial, the racial stuff that was happening, um, that got brought to light. And, um, we started working on different projects that really took off and we're like, Hey, like we can't just stop with these projects. Like let's make a nonprofit. And, Mm. um, yeah, like it was one of those things where it's like I had I had to pray about it because like I was silent for seven years when it came to speaking out about like racial justice and yeah. and and you know, having a a black voice, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and like I would do stuff when I was working at the church, we'd have a, a series every year, you know, just talking about like racial stuff and I would do like spoken words, but it was mainly written from like a white man's you know, perspective Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So this was the first time of like me really, man, like at the age of, I think it was like 25 or something, 26 of really standing my ground when it came to that stuff. And so for me, it's all about providing like a safe place. Like, we live in a super sensitive time where, yep. like, I don't want to get all political, but you got the LGBTQ, you got the racial stuff, you got all this other stuff that, like, people just don't talk about. Like, they're yep. they're afraid to. And I'm the kind of person where I'm, if I'm at the bar and stuff gets brought up, I'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like creating safe environments to have conversations where you can have an opinion you can have an opinion we may disagree but i'm not gonna go all sensitive on you kind of thing um and just have a safe conversation so that was the main heart was to educate people educate specifically like my people which is like believers on like hey this is what it's like being a black man in South Dakota. Right. Like, this is some of the the lived experiences that I'm going through that you may not have to go through. Right. And so that was really the heart behind it. So yeah. yeah.
2: How have you seen with the D E and I stuff? Yeah. How have you seen into two Your yeah. perspective. How have you seen it change? Because it's been uh, kind of a hot topic. (laughs) Yeah. Trigger word, man. Trigger word, right? (laughs) Yeah. It was all over the place. And I'll I'll give my perspective on what I felt when they were first starting it. To be quite honest, I didn't enjoy it as much because I felt like the people that were teaching the DE&I stuff, they were all white. Yeah, for sure. There was no diversity. And I feel that representation is very important, especially when you're talking about something like that. Yeah. How have you seen that change or what kind of changes have you seen in Sioux Falls?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like for me, especially like in 2020, it was like really the hot topic. 2021, it started kind of going down a little bit. And now here we are in 2023. Um, And I feel like things are like starting to pick up even more against maybe because it's the month that we're into. Sure. Like for me, I think it's like more people are, um, I'm trying to say this big word, susceptible. Um, And open to having those conversations, specifically like in the church world as well. Mm -hmm. I had multiple opportunities to talk with um, like church leaders and church congregations about like, hey, this is my lived experiences. You know, Um, there was one church that I got to talk to in 2020 with the height of this and like two Mm -hmm. of their biggest like small groups left because they they. Misquoted me and said he's not on the side of the police. I'm like, I'm not on the side of anybody. I'm on the side of me. Like, right. if you're a good police officer, I have great friends that are police officers, um right. I love the police. You know, and so I think for me, like, people have definitely opened up to the conversations. I think there's still a lot to to go, and it's funny because like people think that everything is political. Which is true and it's like especially when you talk about D, E and I to like the party that I associate with, they're like, Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) We can't talk about that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know. But like I think it's more of it's a people problem. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like how do we love our neighbor? You know? The Bible talks about how do you love your neighbor as yourself? Like that's one of the greatest Mm -hmm. commandments to love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we do that? And I think on the other side, where it's like, oh, love, well, love, like, doesn't mean that what you're doing is necessarily the right thing that you're doing. Love is right. like, hey, you know what? Like, speak truth in love. Like, you still got to speak truth to the situation. And so, right. Sorry, I'm going on tension. No, oh,
2: that's, yeah. yeah. I think that is a good point because I did feel like it did fizzle out a little bit. But I also have been hearing it come up a little bit more as yeah. of recently. I think Sioux Falls is on the up and up when it comes to diversity. The numbers don't lie when it comes to the population in the school district. Yeah. Where fifty over 50% of the kids are of minority or global majority. And I, I think it makes Sioux Falls really kind of a, kind of a goldmine when it comes yeah. to athletics, when it comes to the knowledge and the wealth and just creativity that – I feel like we're seeing pop up all over the place with yeah. music and video and yep. podcasts, just everything. So I do see changes which are good, you know. And I do see more people of a higher generation kind of looking and trying to bring people along with them. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: And I think like the more safe one on one conversations that we can have, like the better, the better our society will be. For sure, you know. So.
1: You know, before we get into our, our last con- uh, question for you, before we move into our next part of our episode, I just want to make one comment. And that's for everyone out there that are kind of scared to have these conversations, you know, with people. Because there's one thing that I know, and that's if you're trying to work towards fixing a problem you have to converse about it. You have to communicate without any communication. We're going to continue to run into the same thing over and over again. So like in sales, I always go back to sales on where I'm where I'm at. There's one thing that I like to always discuss with my customers before I go over numbers with them, yep. because financially numbers, I mean that can make or break many relationships, you know? And so the, what I always ask them, I just say, Hey, you know, before we move into this, can we agree to disagree and still be friends like if there if any anything comes up like that's that's one main thing that i mean if you're talking about politics or anything like that can we agree to disagree and still be friends? Like let's have a conversation together, a genuine one. Right. And let's just both be clear that at the end of this, we still have an established relationship just because you don't have the same opinion as I do, or I don't have the same opinion as you do does not mean that we're enemies. You yeah, know, right. that's Absolutely. for everyone out there, but moving into the next uh, question that I have for you. Uh, it's one that we ask every single person that comes onto this podcast and it's in glowing uh, letters behind you, but it's with overstep and poverty when you hear that what does that mean to you
0: yeah absolutely so um y'all sent me this question and the only question that you sent me uh-huh.
1: <laughs> own question
0: he's prepared <laughs> uh, and i thought about it, thought about it this way there's seven things that areas of my life that, that i focus on and they're in mm-hmm. a very specific order um so one is my spiritual health next is my mental physical financial father and then relational, and then business. Mm. Every year, like in November, I start working on like, okay, hey, what's what's in, going on for the next year? And those seven areas I focus in. Mm. Um, and so for me, when it comes to overstepping poverty, it's one of those things where I got to make sure that I'm good in those areas. We think of overstepping poverty as just like fi- financial, mm-hmm. but it's it's more than that. Like we think of wealth. Mm-hmm. as like financial wealth and stuff like that mm-hmm. but no that's there's spiritual wealth there's mental wealth there's physical wealth there's fatherly wealth yeah, um, right. relational wealth and business wealth yeah and so all of these areas have to do with overstepping pop- poverty in my life and so if I focus on those areas every year you know like getting to gym like for me like I read the read this quote um that has really stuck with me there's two quotes um one is that um, great fathers, great leaders, great people, do consistently what others do occasionally. Mm. Um, and the other has to do with fatherhood, which is um, a lot of fathers, a lot of people say that they'll die for their kids or die for someone. Um, but what does it mean to live for someone? And so those are two things that like I'm really holding on to of like, man, like anytime I go out to eat, like, what does it mean? To live for my son. Well, it means like going to pizza ranch and eating the nasty salad buffet. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> right. super boring. Sacrifice. Yep. You know, it's the sacrifices. And so I think when it comes to overstepping po- uh, poverty, those are the seven areas that I'm really trying to work on. So
2: I, love I like that. that. You should make yeah. that into a book. Seriously. <laughs> You're creative. Uh, you know, someday, someday. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I like that. Yes.
1: So let's move on to the next part of our episode here. What yeah. we call as round table. This is where you can ask Zacchaeus and I any questions that you thought of previously to this. Obviously we're not prepared for them either. So we're <laughs> up, we're both on the same level here. So yeah. fire away. All right. So I had to think about this one too, cause you guys, so I'm 30. <laughs> I'm,
0: I know I'm a little bit older than y'all and I'm entering this world of dating yeah <laughs> y'all <are> both married <laughs> yeah what what would your advice be like when you're looking at over seven poverty i mean having a spouse is the right spouse is beneficial you know mm-hmm. to to your support system so like what what is some advice that you that y'all would give to to that or to people who are like me that are out on the dating you know because i have pretty high standards like mm-hmm. right like I have twenty two. I have a list. I have twenty two things that I want in a future in a future spouse. Right. So my standards are high, but there yeah. might be people listening to this where their standards are like, I'll put my in anything I see. You know, mm-hmm. right? Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So I've been with Jenna for basically since high school, like we talked about. Yeah. You know, for my relationship, what's been the most important thing is, and it's kind of cliche, but I'm really have been able to be myself, like, yeah, authentically. And that's the good, bad, and the ugly. Yep. Right. Sure. And uh, especially when you've been with somebody since you were a teenager, and now mm-hmm. I'll be going into my 30s next year. Yeah. You go through a lot of stuff, yeah, obviously. Sure. Right. So, anybody out there, be yourself. Mm -hmm. be yourself Mm -hmm. be authentically you because that and that's not even just like romantic relationship but you're gonna attract the right people that you want around you because they're accepting you for who you are yeah for sure you know so i guess i don't really have any dating advice just because i don't think i'm really qualified to to do that it's it's it's, it's been a while um but yeah i think that your spouse is easily one of the greatest investments that you can make not only for yourself, but for your son and for your business, just everything, Yeah, you know? Sure. So definitely finding that right person is, uh, honestly, it's one of the
1: biggest hacks that you could ever have. Absolutely. It is. And I wish I went before you because it kind of, my answer is kind of <laughs> relating to the same thing that you're saying on it as well. But I'm going to say this twice. I'm going to repeat what I'm going to say. You have to love yourself before you can love anyone else. Come on. Again, you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else. And the reason I say that is, is because there was a time in my life where I wasn't very confident in myself, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was dating anyone or seeing anyone and everyone, but I didn't really truly love myself. I didn't know myself as much as I should have before seeing anyone else. I wasn't able to give my full self to anyone else. And before Megan, and I was finally able to find myself, my true self, and once I was able to do that, like he said, I mean, you're you're authentic. You're you're you. You don't have to walk on on glass or anything egg like shell. that. You know, on eggshells. Uh, you can be you at all all times. And and the the nice thing about it is, as well, is when you have that right partner, like he had mentioned, they're gonna accept you yeah. uh, for for who you are. And that's the it's vice versa as well. And then dating wise, I mean, I hate to say it, but. It's a numbers game it really is it's a numbers game and the we reason I that. the reason I say that is it's because I mean some people do he did it most likely you're not gonna run into just the one right person yeah you have sure. to really I mean you have to sit down you have to have that conversation you have to learn more because you don't know everything about someone and it takes a while for someone to really open up to you yep. so and maybe it's not the right it's not the right right person once you really learn more about them. But Mm -hmm. if you don't sit down and have that conversation and and go through that hurt, sometimes you're not going to ever know, you know, Mm -hmm. so sitting back. And if you're if you're truly ready to jump into that dating game, uh, unfortunately, you're going to have to put yourself out there and you're going to have to take the leap of faith. Sorry to sneeze. You know? I'm allergic to what you're saying. Lot of <laughs> he said, I don't want it. He said, <laughs> hold nah, on, I got 20, <laughs> I've got. i got 22, and she didn't get the
2: 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> She's out of here. Yep. Yeah. No, but, but you, yeah. It is good to have standards, and mm-hmm. you're at a point where you've been married, and you've, you've been divorced, and yep. now you are able to really reflect on what that means, and also reflect on what... You do want out of a partner, so... And plus, I'm a
0: package deal, so... Yeah, you got a son. I I got a son, so it's like me and him, so... Right. Okay, so we kind of talked about this earlier in regards to, like, DE and I and stuff like that. Obviously, y'all are, you know, black and stuff, so, like, what was the heart behind this podcast? I gotta... I don't know. You guys probably talked about that a little bit, so...
1: My biggest thing was it's creating a platform for people in Sioux Falls that should be known that aren't talked about enough, you know? And there's one thing that him and I both discussed and that's, there's a lot of people and we said it in a podcast before, but there's a lot of people who are doing things and getting noticed that shouldn't. And there's a lot of people who should be getting noticed who are doing Mm. a lot of things, you know? Um, And so that's what we want to bring people here on, not just here, but we wanna, I mean, I want other people from out of state. We have people coming from out of state as well yep. in the future that actually will be on this as well. But yeah, it's it's to give them a platform and really let them shine their light and and tell their story because in any any success, like a lot of people are just like, Wow, he's rich, he's he's this, he's this. Okay, but you don't know how he got there. You don't know the troubles, you don't yeah. know the sleepless nights, the 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 fighting mentally with yourself you know and and that's what i want that's why i want the authenticity of every single person on here to really share their story because there's a lot of people who are holding back right now because they feel like wow i failed way too many times i don't want to go again yep so yeah.
2: for me we got a few episodes in and mm. i'll and i'll go back to why i feel like we started this but there were a few people that asked yeah are you gonna have any white people on the podcast mm. And for me, coming from Las Vegas, going into O'Gorman, yeah. <laughs> that was literally the biggest culture shock, shock I yeah. ever got in my life. Yeah, And there was a time where I brought one of my friends from O'Gorman to a cookout. <laughs> and she was literally scared to get out of the car. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's just the lack of exposure. It's being, you know, not ever having those conversations. It's not having a place where you can go and feel comfortable asking these questions. When the people ask, are you going to have any white people on the podcast? For me, I think of why is that your question? Yeah. Out of everything that we've put out so far, the people that we've had on and the things that they've said and the knowledge that they've shared, your question is, will you have white people on the podcast? So for me, it is about, you know, like Quan said, building a platform um, where we get to choose yeah we get to choose who comes on here we get to choose who we have the spotlight on because there are great people uh, like Daquan was saying here in Sioux Falls and all over the world that not don't necessarily want the shine don't want the spotlight and I get that but at the same time there's so many people that could learn from you yeah you know sure my sister works at CHS yeah there's plenty of kids there that can look at both of you guys as examples of success you know that representation that you know i've been in your shoes i know how it feels yeah um but that doesn't mean that your life has to be this way or that way right like you have an opportunity so uh yeah it's the representation you know in sioux falls this is the only thing in sioux falls in the state of south dakota that is like this where people can come on and show themselves to the world yeah you know what i mean so yeah that's a long answer but yeah that's really where it comes from it's just a lot of entitlement and a lot of opportunity for people where they can get out there and yeah, show what they
0: got. I appreciate your perspective. I, I want to jump back to the, the CEO moment, right? Mm-hmm. I had that moment this past winter over a snowblower, man. Really? You know how bad it snowed, right? Oh, and oh, it was too. the worst. And I was like, man, and my neighbor had a snowblower and I was like, Man, I just wish that he can come over here and help me with the <laughs> snow, you know? <laughs> and I had this moment of like, man, like I remember finishing shoveling and I was like cussing it out and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Just doing snow, you know. Kind of <laughs> <kind of laughs> Yo. And and I had this moment, I'm like, man Or it wasn't a snowblower, it was a bobcat. Like uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, Man, I wonder what took that guy to get that bobcat that skid loader or whatever they call it yeah and i was like man like he probably had a grind for it like right so like my grind will eventually become a skid loader
1: right (laughs) i like it you know for sure though so it's that ceo
0: moment you know so that perspective
1: absolutely
2: i like them
1: so we're going to move into our very last part of this episode here And that's actually, it shines light back on you, you know, and and discussing about overstepping poverty. And so what I want you to do is I want you to share with us five tips, tricks, and hacks that you feel that you would tell your younger self on how to overstep poverty or just be successful in life.
0: Yeah, for sure. Man, the first thing is stay steadfast in your relationship with, with the Lord. I mean, obviously, like, I tell people that, like, we see the world through different lenses like my lens is a biblical worldview um i try not to push it on you know people but the reality is this is how i see the world yeah and so like if i can go back and tell my younger self of like hey like continue to stay steadfast with the lord in every moment even in the simple things because the bible talks about if the Lord can trust you with the little things He will trust you with the big things as well. that's mm-hmm. the BLP version again. So that's the first thing. The second thing is has to do with finances like um, growing up in the foster system I was, n- I was never good with finances like mm-hmm. schools never they don't really teach on finances how to um, like save and stuff like that and like the amount of money that I've like blown over like my early 20s and teenage years like that I could have been saving. I said this earlier, like like when I was twenty seven, it's like I had to start over. Mm-hmm, right. um, like being freshly divorced and then and so I'm three years into this starting over process of like, okay, now I'm starting to get in the rhythm of like, okay, hey, this is how you save, this is how build a emergency savings account. And it's like, man, oh you want those kicks? Did you budget? Oh, you want that? Did you budget kind of thing? And so that's the second thing. Um the third has to do with relations relationships whether it's dating relationships or whatever there's a saying that's like you are who you hang out with no. Right, garbage in garbage out and so for me like my relationships have always been pretty positive but every once in a while i've let like someone come in and deter me from that mm-hmm. um and then that led me to this or that or the other and so Having those positive relationships and a strong community of, like, mentors, like, accountability, um, and then also, like, friends. And, like, something I've learned is, like, not everybody's your friend, right? right? I take it from, like, Jesus. He had, like, 12 disciples, but then he had his inner three. And so, like, my life right now, I have, like, 12 that close friends, and then I have three that are, like, my inner friends. Mm-hmm. And then that's it because the more that you get built up the more the more that you are out there the more that your circle is smaller. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we can learn from that as well. So Right. That was the third thing, right? Yes, sir. The fourth thing is I mean, I'm a father. So and this may not necessarily be like when I was younger, it's more of like 2 years ago of sure. like like asking the question of like what is legacy? What kind of legacy do you want to leave and so like for me it has to do with that generate going back to that generational wealth of yeah. like the things that i'm buying now like my son will see and be like why did my dad do that or why did i or why did he invest in so many shoes when he could have been investing more into me or something like that and so so yeah just generational wealth um, especially if you have kids you know yeah yeah And number five, your past can either bitter you or better you. Mm -hmm. You are not the product of your past. Sometimes, like, it may feel like you're the product of even your presence. But, like, at the end of the day, it's like what you're going through one day will end. And there's seasons in life. And so understanding that, like, hey, you know what? because I went through all this garbage as a kid, that's not who I am. Like that's behind me now. I'm not a victim. I can easily go out and play the victim. Right. Right. But I've beat way too many statistics to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, for me, I'm not a product of that. Did it build me into something? Yeah, absolutely. Did it have an effect on me? Absolutely. Is there trauma that, you know, I'm going through or that I had to walk through? Absolutely. But the, at the end of the day, like, my past is not who I am. Right. I am brand new. Like, even, like, div- like, going through a divorce, right? Like, that sucked. Like, I remember having a moment where I'm like, man, now I'm just another statistic. Like, who's going to want to date, like, a, a single dad with a kid? And let, let me tell you this, like. Women love that, but I ain't into that. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm very particular when it comes to that. But yeah, so like those things can either bitter me or make me better, and I'm not a product of it. You know, I love that, bro.
2: This too shall
1: pass. Yeah. Honestly.
2: For sure, man. Well, I thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been awesome.
1: So Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This is another episode of overstepping Poverty. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in Overstepping Poverty.